I think one of the things that I found through my 20s is I was constantly trying to find ways for me to fit into the mold of wherever I worked. And what I actually needed was to create my own mold and figure out a way to work for myself. And I've done that. Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Lucy. Awesome. So Katie's motto is stop being a weenie. (laughs) That is so fun. She coaches ADHD heart-centered entrepreneurs who need to step out of fear and start and scale their business. She runs multiple communities and is the host of the Weenie Cast. Such a fun topic. What's your personal experience with ADHD and how has it impacted you in starting and growing your business? Yeah. So I was originally diagnosed with ADHD when I was seven years old. I was in second grade and my parents got a lot of reports of me just not paying attention in class. And I was one of the few girls that got diagnosed. I I think a lot of women are getting diagnosed in their 30s and 40s right now because they kind of fell through the cracks because what teachers and school counselors were looking for back in the day was how ADHD shows up for boys. And it shows up very differently for girls. So anyway, so I had ADHD and I was aware of it for most of my life. You know, my career, I would just jump because I would be in sales and I would get bored of the conversation after about a year. And so I had really low self-esteem when it came to the jobs that I'd apply for because I figured I would not get a better offer because I jumped jobs so often. And really, like in the back of my mind, all I wanted to be was a coach. And it actually took me getting into a very serious car accident where I had a mild traumatic brain injury, where I finally had eight months off of my corporate job. And I finally said, screw it. Like, it's now or never. I need to go get trained. And I did. And I started my business. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, my God, this is my calling. This is my calling. And I think I think one of the things that I found, you know, through my 20s is I was constantly trying to find ways for me to fit into the mold of wherever I worked. And what I actually needed was to create my own mold and figure out a way to work for myself. And I've done that. Beautiful, beautiful. Your motto, let's go back to that. Stop yeah. being a weenie. <laughs> is that like a common theme you see with your clients, because I see that with my clients all the time is the fear creeping in, right? And then we start shrinking Mm -hmm. and we feel smaller and everyone else, we have this perception. Again, it's a perception that everyone else is bigger. Everyone else knows more. Everyone else, right, have more. Yeah. Well, and also, I think a lot of us assume that everyone is watching our every move. And if we make a move that, you know, is weird to them, they'll start judging us. Right. So like starting a business is one of the scariest things because it's like you have to have the audacity to believe that you could go and do this thing. And then you have to be okay if people are like, oh my God, the audacity on that one, you know? Like, and I don't know, like the stop being a weenie motto, it really came from working with clients. You know, I had to find, I had to find a polite, kind of fun way to say you're being an absolute wimp right now. Go and do the work. Right. (laughs) And I started saying it as kind of a joke. And then it kind of just took off. And now it's my brand. So be careful what you do for your branding. (laughs) Now my whole brand is hot dogs. So. It's funny how I just had a hot dog before our 
conversation. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're perfectly on theme. (laughs) What's so funny now is that literally my LinkedIn inbox, my Instagram inbox, like people I don't know who I, I recognize their names from my comment section for my posts. They'll send me pictures of hot dogs that they're eating. Like if they see, if they see a hot dog salt shaker, they'll take a picture and they will send it to me. And it's like, all of a sudden I'm just like bombarded by all this hot dog imagery because of my motto. (laughs) That's great though, because you've made your branding so much fun. And I think having fun is the number one reason we're going to succeed because we're having fun along the way. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, starting a business is one of the hardest things you're going to do, but you get to make it easier by making it fun. Yeah. The problem with a lot of people is they think once you start, it gets easier or once you hit a certain milestone, right? Once I hit five figures, it's going to be easier. Once I hit six figures, it's going to be easier. And people think eight, whatever, seven, eight, nine figures just gets easier. And it's so not true. Right. What's the term new level, new devil? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you upgrade your income, you upgrade your impact, you also upgrade your problems and your challenges. Right. So for you, how was your relationship with money before becoming a coach? Ooh, um, my relationship with money has at best been tumultuous throughout my life. I think most people are not taught how to have a relationship with money or how to view it um, and how to utilize it in a way that feels aligned to who you are. Throughout my 20s, I had this like keeping up with the Joneses mentality. My roommate and I used to joke that we would rather go into debt buying margaritas at the bar that we couldn't afford than admit that we couldn't afford them. Right. I got like I spent my 20s in San Francisco, which is a very expensive city. I mean, you're in L.A., you know, and, you know, but I, I have. I, so I do uh, money archetypes with my clients and I'm an, I'm a maverick and the maverick is known for being very risk tolerant. So my way of being with money was always, okay, well, I'll spend it and then I'll find a way to make money. Like I'll find a way. And it was great working in sales because I was like, okay, cool. I'll just overachieve this month. Right. And most of the time it worked, but sometimes it didn't. And those months were really, really scary. And it ultimately came to a head in about 2019 after my head injury, after I'd gotten out of an abusive relationship where there was some financial uh, abuse happening. I was $50,000 in debt. I think I had $200 in my bank account. And I had this moment where I was sitting on a staircase in an alleyway in Brooklyn in December, where I was crying so hard. There were people walking past this alleyway going to lunch. I was crying so hard and I just had like snot coming out of my nose and tears that I didn't have any tissue. So I was using like the inside of my puffy jacket. It was so gross. And I was on this FaceTime with my coach at the time. And he realized that in that moment, I couldn't see the light. Like I just had to be with like, oh my God, I just crashed and burned my life. Like there's no getting out of this. And I spent a good 20 minutes there and I, I couldn't get out of that feeling until I spent enough time there. On the other side of that conversation, I realized that I had to heal my relationship with money because I was going to keep ending up in, in that metaphorical alleyway having a meltdown if I didn't. You know, it didn't matter how good I was at bringing money in when I needed it. You know, if you don't have a healthy relationship with money, because ultimately money is energy, just like love right? If you don't have a healthy relationship with love, what are you going to attract in a partner? 
if I didn't have that, then I just end up there. So I, it's been a never ending project for me to heal my relationship with money. And again, you know, new level, new devil, you know, you heal one thing with money and then a new thing pops up and then a new thing. Right. But the beautiful thing about it is that like, as I go through like my advanced money work right now, I get to turn around and help my clients with their beginner money work. <laughs> Did you share these personal stories with your clients? Yeah, no, part of my brand is I'm very vulnerable. There's actually an email that's about to go out to my list about how I told a guy that I had feelings for him and uh, he didn't reciprocate. And that's the basis of the email and it goes into something else. But I find, you know, our clients trust us with so much to really show that we're a safe space. We have to trust them with something. And I also think when we talk about failing, when we talk about our most shameful moments and we shine a light and we let other people see it, it takes the shame away from what they're experiencing. You know, it lets them realize that they're not alone with whatever it is they're dealing with and that there's a way out. I love that. I love your authenticity. I love how you are aligned with your values and priorities. And that's very important for me as well. And I know you're a sales coach as well. So you talk a lot about how actually sharing these irrelevant contents actually sells. Oh, 100%. You know, we're not AI scanning the internet for the most bland version of the thing that will solve our problems. We're looking for other humans that we want to be friends with, you know, and the more you share about yourself, like, oh, you know how when you're a kid and you had a friend over for a play date, And like they'd come in the house and the first thing you'd say is not small talk. It's not like, oh, Um, you'd say, come to my room. I want to show you all my stuff. Right. You could take them to your room. Like, this is my Barbie. This is my other Barbie. These are my books. This is my Hulk poster. This is this. This is that. You know, it's a really it's an amazing way to uh, become friends with people. And yet we give it up. We give it up in like high school and college. We stop doing that. And yet it's one of the most beautiful ways for people to start up like very easy, approachable conversations with us and develop that trust and develop that friendship. So how did you go from meltdown in the alley to where you are now? So how did you start your money mindset journey and how did you transform your mindset and stop being a winning yourself? Yeah. So a lot of books. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of journaling. There's this mastermind version of Think and Grow Rich that I'm a huge fan of. I'm happy to give you the link for it if you want to put it in the show notes. There was another book um, by Lynn Twist, The Soul of Money, which if you listen to it on Audible, it is a little sleepy. So maybe listen to it while you're walking or doing some exercise. (laughs) Um, But it's just a really beautiful book about how we can feel more aligned to money and make it part of our value system. And then also just, you know, the history of money, understanding how money is used. I think a lot of it was I just didn't know what I didn't know. And then also seeing money as a friend. You know, if if money's a friend, how would you treat that friend? You know, the example I use, because a lot of people will say the thing like, oh, well, I don't care about money. Money doesn't matter to me. Right. But I I want you to imagine if you're in high school and you're walking down the hallway and you're behind your crush, right? And your crush is talking to their best friend and you overhear and you're kind of listening and they don't realize you're there. Right. And they are talking about you. And all of a sudden, the words that come out of your crush's mouth are, oh, so and so, I don't care about her. She doesn't matter. Like she can go away. She doesn't matter at all. Like I do not care about that at all. You're going to be crushed. You're not going to like, you're going to go and hide. You're never going to want to see this person again. 
versus if they're like, oh my God, I love so-and-so. She's so funny and she's so smart and she makes everything better. You know, I really had to alter how I talk about money and how open I am about, you know, liking it and wanting more of it and inviting it into my life. Mm, That's absolutely true. So one more tip for someone listening, they want to go big, dream bigger and grow their business and transform their life. How can they stop being a weenie? (laughs) The two things that come to mind are visibility is number one. People cannot give you their money if they don't know that you exist. And it doesn't matter if you're posting pictures of ferrets online. Okay. Start posting something. Start getting your name and your picture out there. Get people used to seeing your face. It doesn't have to be business related right now, but start like showing them all the cool stuff in your in your child's bedroom. Not literally, but like your metaphorical one. And then the other one is, you know, what you focus on grows. You know, what you focus on grows. So like if you're focused on starting a business, like really focus in on that. Read books, find resources, hang out with people who are also starting or scaling their business. Um, If you want to call in more money, check your bank accounts every single day and be grateful for what's there, even if you're in the red. You know, it's just what you focus on grows and no one can hire you if they don't know that you exist. So be visible. Those two things. I can't agree with you more. I think I probably say this on almost every interview I do myself, what you focus on grows, it expands. So if you are focusing on your fears, guess what? Mm-hmm. Your fears are going to become monsters. Yeah. And if you focus on your why, focus on your purpose, go focus on where are you going, focus on who you want to become. Yeah. And there are so many creative ways to do it too. I mean, one of the ways I do, I love drawing house plans, you know, just of like my dream house. You know, I focus on it and it like I spend time every time I I draft this up, like I spend like a few moments really imagining I'm walking through the front door, you know, imagining I'm in the garden and I'm feeding the ducks because my big dream is I want to have a house that has a pond so I can have ducks, you know, (laughs) but yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in your days running your business, what is a good quote that you go by? My number one quote for everything is a Dr. Seuss quote, you know, (laughs) Um, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Or or I might have gotten it wrong. I get I get quotes jumbled, but you you get the gist. Yep. And we Mm -hmm. love Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. What's yours? What's your favorite quote today? Ah, I have a bank of quotes. Like I can open up documents with hundreds and hundreds of quotes. But my all-time favorite has always been um, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Mm -hmm. Today is a gift, which is why we call it a present. Mm, I love that. Thank you, beautiful souls, for listening in the present. I hope you focus on being present with yourself. And I hope you focus on stop being a weenie and remember how remarkable you are and go for your dreams and live the epic life that you deserve. All right, Katie, thank you for being with us. Where can we find you? Yes, you can find me at katiemcmanus.com or at theweeniecast.com. Thank you. Thank you. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, 
kissing overwhelmed goodbye and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucilucoaching.com. 